Hey everybody, and welcome to the Disabled Support, official podcast of the Disabled Network. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about us and our organization, feel free to visit our website at disables.org. If you would like to help out our show monetarily and uh, become a patron, we would love that. Patreon.com backslash the dis- uh, Disables Network. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You'll get access to behind-the-scenes content, monthly updates, and a few other things that you'll just have to pop on over there to check out. And if you would like to donate to us, but you don't want to commit to being a patron, you can go to the website and click the donate button. I am joined today by co-host Lou Rodriguez. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm going to try drop my voice a little bit like in timber no i don't think i'm going to be able to hold that um i, I want to say real quick kyle i do love that you do the introductions because i think i would stumble and fumble even more so maybe <laughs> next time we have michaela on we'll have her do the intro my kyle impersonation yeah and, and other co-host michaela hey <laughs> that that's it that's all that's she was gonna have an entire conversation about the intro thing but then i say her name and i get a hey and that's it <laughs> anyways uh so before i forget like i did last time let's just go over the meme now uh, uh yes there's an image of three people with disabilities from left to right person in a manual chair popping a wheelie a single leg uh, below the knee amputee with crutches jumping and a below the elbow single amputee doing a one-handed handstand. Above the image is the text, good days don't mean you're faking. And underneath is a tag, which I assume is for Twitter because when people don't put a source that usually default to Twitter, at a underscore spoonful underscore of underscore pain. Um, and so today we're talking about the concept of faking it. Um, well, I know. I just say what a knee slapper that one is. That's well. <laughs> s- screw you for being able to have a knee that you can slap. I'll just say that. Well, it's going to be like that now. <laughs> you can borrow one of mine. We'll have to give Kyle a hand. Yeah, or two, and a knee. You'll have to give me a hand and a knee. Um, just nub it. Just that's that's that should be a fucking shirt. Just nubbing it. The dogs are barking. Uh, I apologize. Things are kind of hectic right now to date the episode, I guess. Uh, it's a holiday season, so stuff is food is being made. I've already eaten a bowl of black beans and rice this morning for breakfast. So it's it, tomorrow's Noche Buena. Um, but anyways, fake it until you make it. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and I guess a good place to start is to just, you know, put everybody on the spot. How true is this cliche? fake it until you make it well are we are we talking about faking it until we make it as far as disability is concerned or are we going to look at it from the vantage point of how people look at us and when we have a good day they think we're faking it when we have bad days i think that they bleed into each other so whichever you would like to start with because i mean obviously the the term faking it until you make it is more uh, concerned with like maybe not having a skill set mm-hmm. and then developing that skill set and and i guess it's almost like a gamble right so you you say well i can i can accomplish this task mm-hmm. and you know theoretically you can do that but <laughs> you know you 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 learn as you go i think i'm actually doing that at work currently mm-hmm. so for everybody out there we work at custom mobility and so i'm learning adobe acrobat in order to write 
our own PDFs, as exciting as that sounds. So I'm faking it now until I make it. So, um, I mean, concerning that, but okay, yeah. if we're going to talk about disability, it's a whole different thing. Well, and, and it's it's interesting, too, though, because I do think that doesn't that have origins in um, – in the professional space, right? Like in terms of, you know, like you mentioned your, your job, like you just fake it until you make it just like make people think that you're good at your job. And then eventually through osmosis, you'll be good at your job. But, um, well, that's different too. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I feel like also uh, in another sense of like business, at least one that I use or I have to, you have to put on that false sense of, security and confidence in yourself a lot of days otherwise you will be freaking bulldozed mm. yeah that is true um and i do think that you know all of this stuff has a, a foundation in one of our favorite least favorite uh phrases which is a pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality um which the three of us have been told so many times we've been bludgeoned by that for our entire all of us for our entire lives for albeit for different reasons but um that is something that we've been told for a long long time um as an extension of that to kind of try to shift gears a little bit to orient the show in the direction that i want to orient it because this is my show um let's focus on the disability part a little bit more um so a big part for the both of you and also for me in the sense that um, my depression, anxiety, and depersonalization is, or, or I should say are in, invisible disabilities, um, when we have limitations that are not easy for people to see, um, they don't believe us, right? And it's interesting in my perspective because people will look at me and not even bat an eye about me having limitations for, um, you know, being a quad amputee, although some people will tell me, try, try harder in the spirit of, uh, spirit of that cliche. Um, but when I talk to people about my depression, my anxiety, or my depersonalization, people are actually very quick to, um, tell me that they think that I'm exaggerating or that, oh, you're just going through a rough patch right now. That's not really how it is. Um, or everybody experiences those things like they cheapen it yes by, by being inclusive what's what's the uh what what's uh delegitimized they delegitimize yeah. it right yeah i mean you could do that with like so on a side note right they do that with bigotry too right like oh well you know i i had it tough because i was a single mom <laughs> so i understand what black people go through mm -hmm. or you know you know or or you didn't really have these things happen to you you know so yeah. There's all different flavors of that. It's the, uh, our, like, favorite, right? Oh, well, you know, in college, I had to eat ramen and blah, 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 blah. So I know what it's like to be on disability and have a limited income. Because <laughs> I have yeah. been told that, too. And I'm like, no, no. Oh, I, I had Not a leg cramp. Not the ramen. Yeah. Not the ramen. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, I had a leg cramp once. So I know what women go through that every it, every time of the month yeah, you know Doug, I, I can understand completely that is a <laughs> that is a touchy 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 subject right now <laughs> don't don't even break well actually don't even that, joke right like get that out well of that context. well that might actually be uh not might be that's actually an important thing to talk about though because that uh you know that's an example though well right? it is an example so. and and michaela does experience 
heightened senses of that because of her disabilities, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that is actually a very pertinent uh, topic to talk about. It, now, it is very personal, Michaela, so you don't have to weigh in on that. But if you would like to, I feel like that uh, you know could be a useful thing. Uh, for people yeah, going so I have a very recent experience. It's funny you mentioned cramps. So I have some hormonal issues. I'm trying to find a new doctor because my current one, I've tried different doctors at the clinic. They're just not really listening. And they're not performing any additional tests that I'm asking for. They're telling me different symptoms are normal when they are obviously not. And it is concerning me greatly about my health. So one of these things that is regarded with my body um I get these really intense cramps and the other day like I you could literally see on my abdomen there was like a charley horse from how bad the cramps were mm. and I was still working through that and for those of you who don't know I'm a stretch therapist so I do therapeutic stretching for people it goes alongside uh, therapeutic massage and corrective chiropractic and PT and stuff like that like we get referrals over from like uh, different surgical clinics and stuff, you know, things like this, it's very beneficial. But anyways, when you're trying, when you are 140 pounds and five foot tall, trying to stretch a 200 plus pound man who decided not to drink any water. So he's stiff as a board and he's sitting there complaining, you're not stretching me. Like, bro, your leg weighs as much as I do. And you're so stiff. You can't move. I don't know what you're expecting. Meanwhile, you're dealing with the cramping, the bloating, just the, I mean, the pain. Y'all ever had a Charlie horse before? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Imagine that in your gut. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just go away. Yeah. You know, most people, when they have a Charlie horse, they're like sitting down, they're stopped, they're completely halt of motion until that thing passes away. That's not the reality I get to live in. Yeah. So that is one example. Because, like, also, I can't let my patient know that I'm sitting here in agonizing pain. And then on top of that, I have arthritis. I have not been for like, my, my GP is sending me to a rheumatologist because she's very confident in this. I, my fingers, my wrists, my elbows, I am constantly hurting right now because of the weather and because nobody's drinking water. So I have to do my job twice as hard. Like, I am... There's so much pain that I have to cover up on a daily basis on top of all the mental stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that emotional cup that we talk about having, it is dry by the end of my shift. Mm -hmm. And so So you're not, well, I was going to say, she's masking not only like mental aberrations or or she's also masking physical maladies too. Yeah. And this is where we also see, you know, we talk about intersectionality a lot on the show which means you know where different parts of who we are impact other parts of who we are right and so this is a very easy example to be able to see how Michaela's um diagnoses impact her health as a woman but how that also impacts the way that people treat her because she is a disabled woman um medical paternalism we've also mentioned that a lot and for people who don't necessarily understand that uh to be as quick as possible it's essentially delegitimizing 
women and what is going on with their bodies and not believing them and thinking that uh, men have a better idea about women's bodies than women do. Um, and Michaela has told me countless stories where she's gone into, um, you know, doctor's offices, you know, about her female issues, but also about her pain and all that stuff in general. And um, she, for example, unlike me going into the doctor, um, people don't like her, her practitioners, I would say, generally speaking, don't believe her about her stuff as mm-hmm. opposed to like when I go in, I don't even have to. They don't even have to bat an eye when I talk to them about pain that I have in my shoulders because of subluxation. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. But I can almost guarantee you, Michaela, that like if you had that issue and you went into the doctor and you told them about that, they'd be like, well, have you ever thought that maybe it flares up during your time of the month? And really, because it's for your period, we really can't do anything to actually help you. And and so it's like the system is almost oriented to, not almost, the system is oriented to just put you in a box where you're made to go through all of that stuff, but then also ridicule you for trying to seek answers to fix that stuff right yeah. it puts you in a really weird position well, that like lou and i don't have to worry ab- about that well, as much I, I, I do want to say a counterpoint to what you're saying kyle okay <laughs> just like the prop there's a couple of problems here number one doctors and scientists don't actually know what pain is hmm. or how the mechanism of pain i should say um so it is very variable and it is and it's subjective and then you have to add to that Michaela's young and she has uh what i would say is a bubbly personality so it's hard to uh believe think it. about right well not it's not just the believing part it's to think about like the common like the average person who who exhibits pain is in their mid 50s like they start getting those like mm. uh like some of Kyle's family members and my family members for instance they're older and they have chronic pain as a result okay. of sometimes their age or, or anything like that and then to have someone that is you know 20 to 30 years younger than that at that than that mean to come in and exhibit those same symptoms you know it it yeah. does you you are definitely an outlier hmm. when it yeah, comes it's, to it's not it's atypical to see <laughs> yeah. these type of issues so they have to reconcile that is what i'm trying to get at mm. like the, reconcile yeah. that information gotcha. so take that now add to that how many people that are young do doctor shop and say they have pain to perhaps get drugs and all mm. these other things so so you're dealing with uh, you know two giant prongs of of information that goes against your positionality yeah exactly and you know like one example i had even from when i was a teenager there's nothing wrong with you you're just anorexic and you don't want to admit it (laughs) like (laughs) and even then as a teenager it was just pushed because I don't, I didn't have a typical body for a 15, 16 year old. I'm built like a little Cuban woman. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not like these typical little green bean girls who look like little models. That's never been me. Well, I, I just want to point out that's not typical. People think that it's typical because we're inundated with images of that. That is but, true. That, but is, that is true. That is not the typical 
female or male body. <laughs> it is very true. But, you know, that, you know, I guess a lot of once you kind of get done with GI and there's nothing they can do for you there, they send you to neurology. And that's just kind of what got written off as for a while there. So, but that's just an example leaning into that. Mm -hmm. And all of this, uh, you know, so all of this leads to a myriad of emotions, right? Yeah. And I think that we can all relate to it. Like Michaela and I were working on this framework uh, when we were talking together uh, late last night. And um, we were trying to figure out what it takes to fake it. Um, and in other words, by saying faking it, we're also... Uh, using that kind of synonymously with masking, which is a term that we've also used. Um, Lou and I and Michaela have talked about that a number of times on that show, on this show. And it's essentially, if you're not neurotypical, you're you're doing what you can to make it seem like you're neurotypical. And usually that's at a detriment um, <coughs> to yourself and to your well-being. Can, can, um, I, can I just interject for a second? Of, I, of I, I want I, I want to point out something that agitated me. And and I don't know how to reconcile. Okay. Um, uh, probably, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I was riding my bicycle along the pier. And it's like there's also a fishing pier. And a guy drove in very quickly in like this convertible. And you could tell that he works out. He had like a steroid look, kind of look to him. And he had a big giant cigar. And he like flew into the disabled parking i remember got this out. yeah yeah and and you know and he's like got his fishing tackle and he jumped out of the car and left out of the car and i remember being agitated like man fuck this guy and yet there is also a part of me that says maybe he is disabled you know even <laughs> even adding all of those things together yeah disabled you know? people can be shitty people we've said that a number yeah. of times no, on the same like but... he may have had a disability that was invisible to me and and i'm judging him based on his behaviors yep and and you know to project that onto michaela that's my point like she goes to the doctor and they see her and they're like nah that's she's just wants attention or she's just faking it mm. you know and and the problem is how 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 do you tell yeah. you know yeah. and but but the corollary to that is it's none of our fucking business at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah. Like to to now underscore what you're saying, like, like what would it take to actually fake it? And and yeah. and is it that there's that many people faking it? Yeah. It uh so I think that this also has some correlation with another trope that we unpack often on this show too, which is the oh he's fake, oh he's quote unquote disabled so that he can get his giant a hundred dollar government check because yeah. he wants like you know so this also has all of this stuff is interrelated and it's not a coincidence that it's interrelated in this way um you know it has like i said very close ties to um the harsh reality that these things are difficult to quote unquote prove right and it sucks because, like, in terms of government aid and stuff, you do have to prove because, I mean, we don't want people just waltzing in and getting money for something that they don't have if they would be taking that slot away from somebody else who actually is disabled. 
all, all of this is to, to sound to sound like a like a, a woke socialist communist man if we had universal basic income that's but but to sound like it let's trigger everybody right now lou just tell it just tell everybody that we're socialist communists just let's yeah, just yeah. get it out on the table right now the terrible terrible people but anyways um so get, getting to the what what i was getting to um before um michaela and i we think that we kind of boiled it down to four things that faking it or masking Michaela, by the way, notice how he has to mansplain for you. Well, Michaela and I... No. She's the the one that... This is what Michaela thinks. She's the one that came up with all the... But I have the notes in front of me. Do you have the notes in front of you, Michaela? I do not. Okay, yeah. See? So so there you go. So it's funny. When we do this stuff, when we make... Because I help him make framework off and on. And he's like, what is this? And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like... <laughs> yeah, trying trying to smash smashing my face yeah, in my one like nub every, on the keyboard. Every time he's like, "Wait, wait, wait, what was that last thing?" Yeah, said? Slow, like, slow down. And then she's like, like me. I don't know. Yeah, she's like <laughs> me. She'll say she'll say something really profound, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, Kayla. That Michaela, that was really good. What did you just say?" And she's like, "Green." And I'm like, "No, no, not no, not green. We're, we're talking we're talking about faking it. What do what do you mean?" And she's like, "We are." <laughs> and i'm like oh my god oh my fuck man but anyways yeah. so um so faking it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of nerve a lot of time and a lot of emotion um and that was what the two of us kind of came to the, the consensus that the two of us kind of came to last night albeit we also made this at like 12 45 in the morning so we could have just been delusional and like be completely off base there um, but, uh, it seems like that is a pretty good place to start in terms of thinking what it takes for us to do that, because we were kind of going through different examples that we both kind of have to experience on a daily basis. So, you know, like gearing ourselves up for work, for example, right. And doing a long work day. And like Michaela just said, you know, for her, for example, having those really, really bad cramps, and then having a job that is such a physically demanding job, also on top of having arthritis and all of that kind of stuff, that, like, she doesn't have a, a choice. Like, she's just got, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you know, like, you just, you have to do what you have to do. You got bills to pay, you got mouths to feed. And and Let's then <laughs> And then, you know, what's it like for you after you get home on a day like that, though? All right, all right. When... Before, before you jump in, I do want to say one more thing about faking it yes and 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 there's going to be a crooks to this i believe that a lot of people remember when they were kids and fake being sick uh to go to school like oh you know i don't want to have i have a test today i better tell mom i'm sick i don't feel and so that's they've carried that so when they see someone going "Mm, i don't feel good they're like "Mm." they're faking it because i remember doing that when i was 10 you know so Mm, it could be that that baggage is there no that's that's absolutely true and i'm glad that you bring that up yeah a lot of adults still do that they they went out you know and they they're hung over and they're like they got that friday night sickness you know or friday (laughs) 
Oh man, I don't feel good. Uh, my yeah. stomach. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, but you know, th- so okay, so that's a, that's a really good point for a number of reasons. But I do want to point out, yeah, we, first and I don't foremost, step on Michaela. No, 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 no. I was going to say first and foremost, though, that does have roots in the infantilization of our people, though, right? Because we are oftentimes regarded like we are little kids still. Um, you know, in, in regards to the way that we feel, experiencing pain, um, actually being um, like sexual beings, all of that kind of stuff. And so this idea of faking it with our pain or with suffering that we may be going through you know, related to our diagnoses, um, I think that that probably has a lot to do with people making that association, right? Like you just pointed out that little kids will try to do that to get out of things. And if a large and section, well, and adults, but, you know, let's just say for a second, you know, like the, it's rooted in like little kids and not believing them. Right. But if society by and large sees us as little kids, they would naturally make that correlation to us. They'd be like, ah, see that my son does this. And, uh, Kyle, you know, he's well, well, I get the it, counter but point to that is or the counter mechanism is to be responsible. Oh, well, you know, and this is what pushes someone like Michaela to fake it or to mask or for myself to mask. Right. Because we we have to behave like like functioning adults mm-hmm. or we're being childish. So we well, and it's funny because like it's funny you mentioned like the way that they they think about you know, coworkers and stuff is like kids. Cause I've been in workplaces where it's like my 16 year old does the same thing. Like literally that has been directly said like, okay, yeah. My 16 year old said that last night. Hmm. Like, well, but, but then my response to that would have been, is that okay, person your 16 year old? Yeah, yeah, no, but okay. But <laughs> that still shows that I have a problem. Nevertheless, yeah. like, yeah. like even giving, giving them all the aces you know it still means hey i still have an issue mm-hmm. whether or not you feel that's the pertinent issue is, is you know immaterial at that point I, I will say too in relation to that you know oh i'm feeling like oh god i'm just having a bad day today oh my 16 year old said that and and sometimes it's not done maliciously and people don't know how to couch it or frame it um particularly correct but one thing that I remember reading in one of my psychology books, I can't remember which one it was, is that um, complaining about things together is actually a way that people try to connect with each other. And um, they may say it in a way that it doesn't come across as trying to relate to you, but they may actually be trying to relate to you and be like, oh, you know, my 16 year old, like, is going through that but they may say it like oh you know well my my 16 year old so and so like you see the difference like if i say those two exact same things a little bit differently it makes it seem like they're kind of like lambasting you for it um but the other part of it too you know we were just talking about this before the show let's just like screw up everybody's perception and like <laughs> pull the veil off of everything right now but you know we were talking about how do we talk about disability in a way that is it isn't off-putting to people that will draw people into the show and help us relate and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that it's, this... It's a show about three people whining about their disabilities. <laughs> yeah. Well, how exciting. Yeah. 
But um, I think that this harkens to a lot of that exact issue, right? Is that um, at the crux of all of this, there is an underlying sense of humanity that people have. Um, it's just that disability in particular, and also, you know, we have to remember we're kind of conditioned to be uncomfortable to talk about things like pain. Mm -hmm. um, and so all of this has to deal with that. And so it can be off-putting, um, you know, because at the end of the day, too, it's like um, I, I think about disability channels that I know that are like really successful. And there is like a cutesy aspect to it, which Lou and I do not have. <laughs> like, like you know, f um, the cutesy aspect. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. literally the yeah, only yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, cute, cute sexism. That's literally why we brought Michaela. Uh, all right, so I do have a question for Michaela. Michaela, yes. like in best of all possible worlds, right? What would you like to see? Like, when you went to the doctor, what what would be, um. Uh, I guess you could say adequate for you. What would be what would adequate care look like for you? A doctor that listens and actually gets me resources I need. So it doesn't just stop halfway. Because sometimes it's like a doctor will kind of like look at it and be like, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, no, there's not really anything else I can tell you. And it's there's no referral, there's no nothing, there's no anything else, there's no attempted research towards anything. It's just kind of like yeah no that number looks fine that one looks fine yeah there's totally nothing wrong with you that's usually where it ends i'm, I'm wondering too just to uh, i apologize lou uh because yeah, I know you're gonna make a point but i'm wondering too so practitioners are supposed to talk to each other right and you're supposed to be on a team essentially and they're supposed to look at notes and all of that kind of stuff and you and i have had conversations where a lot of your pain has a terminus in a physical reason, like you having arthritis, right? Like that is a physical thing that you could see in x-rays mm -hmm. to know that you have arthritis. But you also have a lot of pain that is rooted in emotional trauma. And the little bit that I know about PTSD, um, there are a lot of patients who have PTSD who have um you know reportings of physical pain but every test that's done um whatever um there is no measuring of any physical pain so a lot of these like practitioners have a really difficult time finding the root of that because it is not rooted in like a physiological area it, it's it's cognitive uh right so yeah. it like, for me, it's frustrating to hear you because, like, I talk about this, you know, not to say too much, but I talk about this with my girlfriend because Michaela and her share a lot of similarities in these regards. Daily. Um, daily similarities. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it pains me because this is a very, very real part of the – a lot of the issues that you have are rooted in emotional trauma. And I would just like to see more discussion between – uh, psychiatric and, and psychological stuff with um, other like more physical forms the, of medicine. The, the, the old-fashioned conservative in me sees just money just flying out the door. <laughs> like, oh yes, the GP will talk to the specialists and the psychologists and psychiatrists and 
And I'm thinking everything will be peachy. <laughs> well, but but I I almost feel like general practitioners or GPs um, are like uh, public defenders, mm. you know, yeah. that, that are overwhelmed with the, with cases. Yeah, that's true. You know, and you're like wanting them to now have a battery of 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 uh, coworkers and and a team a team of specialists just devoted to this one person. <laughs> But then also, just... depending on practice, depending on insurance covering, I mean, sometimes there's doctors that if your insurance, they can already tell what, you know, what your insurance will and will not cover just from the type of plan that you might have, or, you know, just a quick glance at your file, see whatever. Sometimes they won't even mention anything. Um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm in the boat where I have no insurance, so yeah. my, my, my thing is, uh, don't Teladoc. get sick. <laughs> yeah, Teladoc, ten dollars pop. <laughs> yeah, but and it's also interesting. You mentioned like PTSD, and it's almost kind of like when I think of that, it's almost like phantom pains. Because I have mm. a coworker that kind of deals with that. Mm. Um, she was in a car wreck, and like she was, she ended up fine. Um, and like she, I know, like she messed up her. I think she something in her neck got messed up. But it's like always like here and like stuff like that. And I think part of it is just when your body is constantly reliving in trauma, it's going to pull you back to that place. Mm. It's going to pull you back to that place. Mm. It's going to keep pulling you back and keep pulling you back. Because it's interesting. I can feel the trauma in people's muscles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can feel the stress in people's bodies. Mm-hmm. I can always tell where people, because, you know, that's something I've learned to do is feel the muscle, feel where your tension is, feel where your stiffness is, feel where it's actually coming from. I feel like that's going to be the sound bite. I can feel your muscle. I can, I can feel your muscle. I can feel, I can feel the chakra emanating from your third eye in your bicep. It feels like a marshmallow. Just take all of the crystals and shove them really far up your ass. That's the only thing that's going to work. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, somebody who understands. Yeah, but, that's like, going to be the you know, uh, That's title. something I notice with her. You know, it's her body is constantly putting her back and putting her back and putting her. She's not in that situation anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of trauma that she deals with outside of that even. But her body is constantly putting her back into this distressed state. And, you know, that's PTSD for you. So, um, so one of the answers is everyone needs therapy. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I am a proponent. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, I, I yeah. do want to mention before, like, well, first and foremost, we got to be wrapping up soon. But secondly, um, to describe what phantom pain is to people, if they may not know. So phantom pain is something that amputees oftentimes go through. Um, after an amputation, your brain actually still thinks that you have that limb and it's um, firing the nerve to be like your hand your hand is doing something but since it's not there it doesn't know what sensation it's supposed to be feeling so oftentimes that ends up resulting in a lot of pain because there is no limb there um there's also people like you know reporting where um if they're missing a hand for example they'll go and they'll reach out like they're grabbing a glass of water and if they're not looking at it it feels 
like they are grabbing a glass of water and they'll try to bring their hand up to their mouth and then nothing will happen or it's not it sounds like they're faking it that, that's exactly what they're doing um somebody will <laughs> It'd go be like if you just start wiggling your nub and be like oh my gosh i can't grab my drink <laughs> yeah yeah so i actually i haven't heard it uh described in that way that it's similar to phantom pain and i think that that's actually um a really good example the other thing too uh you know in in relation to faking it and all of that stuff that I think that people don't understand because um, that does a lot of times result in trauma is that the act of faking it but also people's reaction to us having to fake it can oftentimes end up um, with us developing a trigger for that. Yeah. So even the act of faking it can be something really difficult for somebody to somebody in our position to even wrap their heads around all right so let me jump in here and be a bugaboo for another second so do you guys know what placebos are yes do you yes. guys know what nocebos are have you ever heard the term nocebo i i like once or twice yes so to give the benefit of the doubt let's say michaela comes in and let's say her pain is due to emotional trauma. Let's say we're just for an academic case here. And I put her on a battery of medication. I might actually be encouraging a nocebo effect where she does manifest more symptoms, mm. which will in fact feel real to her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the same way that a placebo effect will heal you, mm -hmm. a nocebo effect can have the, the opposite effect and it can actually harm you. So how then do you also avoid potentially triggering a nocebo effect? Mm -hmm. That's that I think, you know, if I was going to be charitable, I think that's why doctors tend to be careful mm -hmm. because that that's a very real thing. You can actually... I mean, hell, there's uh, cases, I think, back in the 80s where people had fake trauma that the doctors were implanting into them. Mm -hmm. The psychiatrist was like, oh, no, this you're just repressing these memories. And this is, you know, your parents abused you. And, and sure enough, over time, that became something that they actually believed. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you know, that that's another this is going to be like a whole nother conversation, right? We're yeah. going to have to do a part two to faking it, but no CBOs. Yeah. But that's, that's an important consideration that we have to take under, into account, you know, that it's not just, you know, whether or not Michaela's or myself or you are faking it, or we have these pains. It's how do you give care without also enhancing or creating new pathologies? Mm. There is, uh, I cannot remember the name of the show right now, so forgive me, but I'll put it in the show notes if I figure out what it is. But there's an Apple TV exclusive show with Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell, where Paul Rudd acts as Will Ferrell's uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, and does exactly that to weasel his way into um, – taking his family's fortune from him and it's it's a yeah. true story that actually happened and he did that to a number of um patients yeah, it's, it's, in the new so, york so area. it is much more complex than you know it, it's you know to I feel to get... like that kind of dives into though it's under the umbrella of what we're talking about i feel like it kind of is a little bit 
off of what we're talking about directly. Well, it, I feel like yeah. that would be something. Yeah, it's for sure. It's a core. It's too. definitely a corollary. I, I told you it was yeah. going to be a bugaboo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told you. That's what I'm here for. You On guys would have you guys had a smooth show, but I come in and I just derail everything. It's called oh, the yeah. that's what I'm here for. It's called the shrink next door, just for people who yeah. if, if oh, that okay. if, if this topic interests you, we'll talk about it more in another episode. But just to just to throw it out there. Anyways, um yeah, so before we um spiral into another twelve topics that don't have anything to do with this. <laughs> Do you have any closing things that you want to say specifically about faking it? And if you don't, I'm going to scream and yell at you and end the show anyway. <laughs> um, I Like you asked me earlier, what does it look like after? Yeah. After all that. I didn't get a chance to answer that because we did dive into another thing. No! But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I know. So what it looks like, I mean, I've been on the phone with you before, with, and you've seen what that looks like, mm-hmm. Kyle. Video chat, I'm, just video chat. People are like, on yeah. the phone and you've seen. <laughs> no, yeah, video chat, sorry. So, like, I am exhausted. I am just out of it. I am, like, I become, like, emotionally numb for the day. Anything else that happens, it's just the router's already overloaded. It's it's not going to load through, you know. I sit there, it literally, I just zone out. My hands will hurt so bad. I, I do, I try to do like an Epsom soak every night. Um, and like I was, my hands were hurting so bad the other night, I couldn't even hold the scoop just to put Epsom salt in my water. I could barely grip onto my steering wheel to drive myself home. I could barely put the key in the door to close up and lock up for the night. I mean, I, it was hurting so much. And when you're just dealing with that so much at the end of the day, the exhaustion that you just feel is so overwhelming. Um, and the mental exhaustion is some as a totally other, other department of pain. Mm-hmm. Because when you get to a point that you're numb, it's not just you're numb. You just it, being numb for me is in and of itself a form of pain. Um, yeah, just sure. because I I am I like to be a happy person. I like to feel things and I like to laugh and I like to have a fun time and I like to you know goof off and be silly and I just I can't do it. We talked about a similar topic with that in relation to when Lou and I spoke about depression. That mm-hmm. that that is actually what depression is like. Depression mm-hmm. is a sadness so profound that you end up feeling nothing. Yeah, um, and I, and that's some you know this is the the physical version of that. I would <gasps> say. Did I just out myself as depressed? <laughs> <gasps> Not on this show. Um, and and just be kind of jocular about it too the end result of that is you calling me at 6 30 in the morning waking me up out of a stupor because i'm an idiot and i never wake up uh on time and uh you screaming kyle i can't find the keys kyle i locked myself out of the house kyle where did i put the keys kyle oh my god i left my window down wait i gotta go back and lock the door wait where the but i but my initial my thing lunch. was i forgot the keys forgot my oh my god i forgot the lunch now i can't get in the house to get my lunch what am i gonna do i've got to get gas legitimately this is a conversation that her and i have on like almost a bi-weekly basis yeah uh, so but um you know <laughs> but you know i i posited the question earlier 
what is faking it like you know what's the terminus of faking it what does it look like after we've faked it that's what it looks like um and that may seem it's like a little bit something it's not just something that's at the end of the night it carries over to the next yeah. day yeah well in yeah and well in luke can relate to this as well because him and i have talked about like our depression together for like for us at least um sometimes that depressive state can last weeks or months mm -hmm. stuff like that right and so when you have chronic depression and anxiety that's also a demarcation of that is you feeling that pain that leads to that numbness for such a prolonged period of time and like lou and i will be at the point where people will ask us like hey do you want to do whatever no well come on don't you just no you just gotta i'll see you in a couple weeks like you i we got i gotta put my head down i just gotta work and but don't you want to talk to no. refill you, you have to refill your cup yeah. that emotional yeah. cup yeah. you have to pour back into yourself or you burn out and then you're cup shatters and then you got to figure out how to rebuild your cup and i mean honestly i've been dealing with that i mean a lot of things i was super passionate about i just i'm like dude this just feels like a drag at this point yeah i don't know i i think with depression sometimes it's dangerous you know we're talking about filling your emotional cup you might be filling that emotional cup with poison yeah yeah i was just mm -hmm. about to yeah. it becomes a bad feedback loop like yep. that so i mean yeah and you and i have done that a lot oh yeah Re especially yeah. recently yeah. because you know to to connect this to the previous episode which i end up doing every time now um you know related to the whole seasonal depression thing specifically this is what you and i have gone through in relation to what you know what's going on right you now. you guys are talking about me running the show off the rails hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys no nah, well, well we're, we're just yeah, we're just gonna blame this on michaela's adhd <laughs> her and i have talked about that as well we were joking on the phone uh i think a couple of weeks ago and she's like yeah the next time i come on if you know if we change topics or whatever just, just blame it on my adhd it's it's fine yeah i take the blame it's it's so i can't tell you how many times we'll be on the phone and then like we'll be talking about one thing and the next thing you know it's something completely random and kyle's like where ha Huh. So we have <laughs> we have lit this is the last thing I'm gonna say and then we're gonna wrap the show up. But we I have literally been talking to Michaela about like we'll say the show, right? We're we're talking about an episode framework and I'm typing and all of a sudden she goes, Oh my god, there's a squirrel and then I hear nothing else for like forty five seconds and I'm like at that point I'm talking about being derailed, <laughs> I'm derailed because I don't remember what I'm typing. And I'm like what? what and then she asks me what and i'm like never whatever okay we're it's, uh, no it's not even just a squirrel it's like a oh cool monster trucks in the middle of a very serious conversation because i can't just focus on one thing at a time i'll be yeah, scrolling yeah. through facebook i'm like oh, it's an albino deer and he just is like now, now we've gone completely off the rails now, <laughs> now we're like, now we're talking about talking about talking about the show exactly well we're at the time to wrap it up we're now, at the end before we lose this this will not be the show i tell people to watch for the first time they're like <laughs> you guys just talked about yourselves and what you guys do behind is, the scenes isn't that what every podcast is about for <laughs> yeah, everybody man. ever anyways um all right gonna wrap up Leave us a review on YouTube, Spotify, etc. If we get a good one, we'll read it at the end of the episode. Thank you so much to our patrons whose names we'll display at the end of the episode. Remember, we're just the tip of the spear. Disability rights 
our human rights. We'll catch everybody in the next episode. Please become a patron, support the show. Take care, everybody.